Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell, and today we are continuing in the relationship conversation. If you missed last week's episode, make sure you hop back over there where I talked about six habits six behaviors that are killing your relationship. So this is kind of like a part two. I'm writing on the heels of that. And today I want to talk about six things, maybe seven, maybe I'm feeling seven, um, things to normalize inside of your relationship. If you want to cultivate, to curate a healthy, thriving, um, connected relationship that just feels good to be in, you know, and I do always come back to the relationship conversation because I do fundamentally believe that all problems in our life are relationship problems and how we do our intimate relationships is how we end up doing all relationships in our life. It is without a doubt, so consistent, whenever I'm coaching someone, whenever I'm working through something, man, our relationships with our executive teams mirror our relationships with our families, you know, our relationships with money mirror our intimate relationships with our parents. Like, it's just so wild when we start looking at how intricately and interwoven relationships are in our life. And we try to compartmentalize one or the other, but really you can't because how you do relationships filters into every arena of your life, how you do real awesome relationships, right? And how you do dysfunctional relationships. So let's talk about things to normalize inside of a relationship. And again, I'm talking today about our, yeah, intimate relationship, you know, but really, again, this can be something that you are doing with your children. This is something that you can do inside of your parenting relationship, mother, daughter relationship, If you're a daughter, you're a son, right? We are all sons, daughters, parents, um, siblings, leaders, lovers. So again, you can look at this inside of your marriage um, or inside of your intimate relationship, but also if you're not in an intimate relationship, like start to paint broader, you know, strokes here with your paintbrush and ask yourself the question, am I normalizing these behaviors, these habits inside of my relationships, are they the norm or do I have some work to do? So let's just dive right in. I'm going to keep it simple and sweet. The first thing, you know, that I wanted to say is that a lot of times we come into relationships and we think, oh, I just want to find the one that I love. I just want to feel in love. We we want to feel love. We want to be in love. Being in love feels good. Feeling loved feels good. And, you know, the question often comes up is like, is love enough? Is love enough? And it's interesting because I would say like uh, fun, like at the core, love itself, true love, love as in the essence of God love, right? The ultimate love that just pours into everything and sees everyone where they are and accepts everyone, like just really pure love is enough. But most of us are not operating from a place of pure love. We're 
operating from a place of wanting to feel love before we act or feel love in order to believe that we're worthy or wanted or whatever the thing is. And so uh, I'm kind of going to go with like, love is not enough. And there's other things that we've got to learn to cultivate and curate and, you know, give oxygen to inside of our relationships. And really there's skills too. There's skills that we got to develop um, inside of our relationships. So I want to start with something, you know, that I think is, I talk about it all the time on purpose for a purpose, and that is cultivating an atmosphere of respect. So the first behavior, the first behavior is really, or the first standard to normalize inside of your relationship is that in this home, in this relationship, we have an atmosphere of respect, of reverence, right? Of just like reverence for one another. Um, and like, what does that even mean? Because you can love someone, but not respect them, right? And I, I know this because I grew up in a home that was just exactly like that. So that word reverence is to regard or treat with deep respect. It shows honor, right? We show honor. I talk a lot about honor. And this has been a game changer inside of my relationship. It's like, if I truly respected him, you know, how would I treat him? How would I speak to him? How would I, you know, it, would I interrupt right now when he's in the middle of a meeting or would I send a text or would I get angry about this? Or could would I pause, right? Would I ask permission? Would I have a conversation saying, asking for consent? Like, is now a good time? Or is it okay if, right? And it's, it's, it's about really respecting the other person's time, space, physical space, right? Their work their body. Sometimes we think that the other person belongs to us, right? And, and we get confused and we lose this sense. And I talked about this in the last episode, we lose that sense of separation. And we think like, okay, we're one in all things. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. And we forget that we actually are separate beings, even though we are one in union, right? And in, in our, in the marriage or one executive team or one family or whatever, we're one. And we're also separate, unique, beautiful individuals that have a whole host of our own emotions, our own stories, our own desires, our own dreams, our own quirks, right? The things that turn us on, the things that turn us off, the things that make us feel safe, the things that don't make us feel safe. And this is the one area where I just really think like we have so much work to do. We have so much work to do when it comes to cultivating an atmosphere of respect that says, I honor your body. I honor your time. I honor your space. I honor your words, right? That you want to share with me. Um, and we don't become wasteful and disregarding of one another, right? It's just like, are we really honoring when our partner comes and says something to us or we want to share something? Or are we just kind of throwing things at each other and passing and not really being intentional, which I'll get to in a minute? Are we just barging in when, you know, someone is in the middle of a project? And this has been something that I wanted to say is normalizing this has been is a game changer in my relationship. You know, I'm here, I have a, a beautiful office in my home. I'm doing podcast recordings. After this, I'll be writing on my book for a few hours. After this, I have a coaching call and some other things. So I there's there's a space here that I really hold sacred. And in the past, 
you know, in my family life, in my previous relationships with the kids, it was like, yeah, it was a free for all. The doors were always open. People were coming in. The expectation was you're always here. You're on call for me 24 seven. And there wasn't a lot of respect. And likewise, you know, it was the same way the other way. I would just walk into my kids' rooms or walk into my husband's office or, or demand someone's attention, demand someone's presence, demanding instead of respecting. So I'm so curious as you check in with yourself right now, have you normalized respecting one another's time, energy, space, words, body, right? Or have you cultivated an atmosphere of demanding one another, right, to show up for you, which is a lot of take energy, you guys. It's a lot of for me, for me, for me, take, take, take. It's a lot of wounded operating system. So just tuning into that. So what would it be like if you normalized respect inside of your household, inside of your relationship? What what would change in the communication? You know, what does respectful communication sound like? Even texting, right? When we text back and forth, like being conscious, slowing down for that conscious moment, that pause, I call it the queen's pause. That says like, hold on, before I send this or just shoot this arrow, can I just take one breath, one inhale? And can I just connect with this message in the heart of it? And is this a respectful share, a respectful send, a respectful request? We can request, right? We can still ask for help and all those things. We, we can request even when we're frustrated. We can do so in a respectful way. We're so used to sometimes shooting arrows, jabs at each other and you know, just walking right over each other's face. So really cultivate an atmosphere of respecting each other's not just boundaries, but I call it space, right? And when we do that, like the boundaries are just, they're byproducts. Like we don't even really have to have this conversation of like, oh my gosh, don't come in because there is a reverence for it. There's an understanding and an understanding. And by the way, you cannot give what you do not practice yourself, right? With all of these, before I was able to cultivate an atmosphere of respect with the other people, I had to learn to respect my own body, my own time, my own thoughts, my own insider wisdom that I wanted to share and not be wasteful with it, not water it down, not, you know, just trample all over it. The second thing I want to talk about normalizing inside of our relationship is edifying, edifying each other, right? Building each other up with our words instead of tearing each other down. The other night, the kids were, um, at the table, I gotta be honest, Mark kind of lost it on the kids because they were just you attacking each other and they were going at each other. And he was like, whoa, what is going on? Right. And sometimes we notice this. They come from one house and over to our house from another place where different types of communication are acceptable, right? And we all have these atmospheres that we create in our house where it gets to be okay to talk to each other a certain way. Sarcasm. I mean, some places like sarcasm is just like the default mode, cutting each other down, jabbing each other, right? Roasting each other. But there's a fine line where that really becomes hurtful. And we put on these masks and we put on these smiles and then something crosses the line. And, you know, I always say like every word that comes out of our mouth, we are planting seeds. We are planting seeds and we are called to edify each other, right? To build each other up, to add life to each other, not to take life away. 
So as you think about, you know, when I'm walking in the room and I'm saying good morning, or I'm, you know, making a little comment about the way my partner is dressed or what, you know, what they, Saturday was Labor Day weekend around here, you know, and it's like, am I praising? And yeah, giving praise, right? Like, thank you for doing that. I see you over there doing that thing. Like, hey, are we calling each other up and calling each other out in positive light and actually infusing seeds that breathe life into each other? Or are we constantly cutting jabs at each other, being sarcastic, making little digs, thinking it's funny, but really all it is is paper cutting the relationship, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Well, I want to talk about, you know, building a relationship up with all these little words that are seeds that are actually sprouting and sprouting and sprouting and creating so much beauty and so much strength inside of a relationship. So again, just checking in here, I'm going to run through these quick today, but as you're checking in, it's like, am I inside of my relationship with my kids, like when we speak to each other, when we're getting ready for school in the morning, or when we're connecting, you know, we haven't talked to each other. Hey, what are you working on? What are you excited about? You know, the amount of adults now that I coach that are still defending and explaining and trying to justify to their adult parents who are well in their 60s and 70s and sometimes 80s, where the parents are still cutting the children, you know, cutting the feet off their adult children, not able to edify, not able to celebrate one another. And there's still this deep longing and these deep desire to just be accepted, to just be celebrated, to be, you know, hear something positive from your parent. It's crazy to me that still, I mean, it's crazy and it's not right. That even as we grow, it doesn't matter if you're 40, 50, 60, your desire to be loved, to be accepted, to hear those words from your mother, your father are so powerful and your lover, right? You're the, the one person that you call your partner in life, your great adventure partner. Like, let us be the ones who become our number one fans. This was something that I had wrote. Um, I talk often about, you know, when I wanted to prepare to receive my husband, right? I want, I was ready. I was like, God, I am ready for the man of my dreams to show up. And one of the things I wrote down is that, you know, he is my number one fan. This is long before I met Mark, but I thought the man that is for me, God, he is going to be my number one fan and I am going to be his number one fan. And I can tell you that today that is totally the reality. Like I am his number one fan. He is my number one fan. And every day I, I wake up and I'm like, I'm excited to pour some love on this man. And, you know, there are times, of course, I'm human. Okay. I'm human where my capacity is low. I'm not taking care of myself. Maybe I'm not eating well, not sleeping well, whatever. And I can find that little spirit of dissatisfaction or criticism creeping in. But I got to tell you, it's not long lasting because we have really normalized that the way we speak to each other is not only respectful, but we are here to really be each other's number one fans and number one supporters. And again, this is the one thing in coaching all of my clients that I hear all the time is just the desire and the longing to be supported, right? Not to be fixed, not to be coached by a partner, but just to say, to hear those words that say, hey, I see you over there. I see your heart. I see you work in this and I'm proud of you. I'm happy, you know, um, and just complimenting each other, adding words of life, affirming words of life of each other. And I just want to say about this, you know, because Mark and I were going for a walk yesterday morning. I think it was, yes, it was Labor Day. And we went for a little 5k walk around the neighborhood. 
And we were speaking, we were sharing some affirmations that we recently wrote. He wrote them and we were sharing them and I was kind of adding and adding my own. And I thought, this is something that we've normalized in our relationships is speaking and affirming words of life over our relationship, over how we want to do our business, how we want to communicate with each other to the point, the practical tactical thing is we're literally going on a walk with our eye notes open and he's speaking them out loud and I'm affirming them like, yeah, that's what we do. And then I add some on and we're like stacking and we're layering, right? And so it's literally like we're building these bricks and stacking these bricks. But how many people, you guys, how many of you, and I've done this in the past, we go for a walk, we go for a drive, we sit down to have a dinner and we start stacking problems. We start stacking what's not going right. And before we know it, it gets thicker and heavier. Well, you can stack the other way. You can stack things that you are declaring over your life. You can stack words that you are affirming over one another, new affirmations that you're both stepping into. And you can stack compliments. You can have like a compliment stack going on, right? Um, I remember once, one thing that I do with my team, I haven't done it in a while, but I remember doing it my team a few years ago, and I've done this in many coaching circles, is to really do a love bombing session. And it's so simple, but literally somebody sits in a chair, and you can do this with your kids at home, is you literally have somebody sit in that chair and everyone in the room goes around and love bombs them. So gives like pours compliments on them, tells them what they love about them, what they respect about the person, like what they see them doing right. And just to have it and spending a couple minutes on each person to just letting them be in that chair and fully receive all of that positive life-giving, you know, words, all those positive life-giving words over them, it is priceless. And it's also so interesting to watch and observe how the person responds that's in the chair because we're so unconditioned to actually receiving that much goodness. We're so conditioned to receiving the opposite of that, being on the defensive. But when someone sits there and is just receiving all the love, it is a rare um, emotion. It's a rare feeling. It's a rare experience for people. And we've got to normalize being love bombed. Okay. <laughs> so that's the second one. The third one is how about we normalize serving each other instead of taking from each other servitude from desire instead of duty. This means it's a simple question. Let's normalize asking each other, how can I better love you? How can I better love you? How can I better lead you? How can I better support you? How can I better fill in the blank, right? But really showing up to the relationship, not just for us to go, here's how you can do this for me. I talk a lot about asking and receiving, right? So I'm kind of flipping it this time because I think we don't normalize also saying like, what can I do for you, babe? And do it from a heart that is right, a heart that is desiring to serve and to pour and to give love instead of a heart that's saying, okay, what can I give you so that I can get what I need from you? Because if we're honest, I think, and we're checking in a lot of us when we're asking, okay, what do you need today? It's kind of like, okay, let me serve everyone else so that then I have an excuse to go do what I want to do, whether it's that workout, that timeout or whatever. And again, you know, Mark and I were talking about some of our wounds of the past yesterday and he and how these showed up and the armor that we wear sometimes. And sometimes that armor of servitude from obligation, from duty, 
that was like, okay, I'm going to like give, 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 please, 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 please. So that finally I can give myself permission to relax or sit down or somehow feel like I earned it. It's actually an armor that we wear, right? Unconsciously or maybe consciously, right? And it leads to a lot of passive aggression too, which I'm not going to get into on this podcast, but something to pay attention to. So normalize showing up to serve each other from a place of true desire. This takes practice. This is a skill set. You've got to cultivate this because we we become disconnected from our desires for that. We're so connected to the desires of the flesh. That's always about me, me, me. What do I want now? How can you serve me? What do like instant gratification from me? But really when we connect to the desire of the heart that is longing for intimacy, that is longing for deeper connection, that is longing for, you know, to feel valued and and needed in a deeper way, not that superficial way, but like to know that we're contributing, right? We're contributing to something beautiful. That's serving from desire. And so I love that question. Just bring in that simple question like, hey, babe, how can I love you better today? How could I support you a little bit better today? And then, you know, normalize answering that question too for your partner, right? Which is like, here's how you can love me better and clarifying and asking for what we need. Yes, right? Because I don't think that's another thing that we don't do is we don't normalize actually asking for what we need, for what we desire. Sometimes we normalize asking for what we need, but we're barely getting by. We're only asking for what we barely need to get by instead of what we would love to experience. And one of my favorite things to bring to my husband is like, hey, babe, you know what I would love to go check out? I'd love to do this. You know, it'd be so fun. And it is really that energy of anticipation and desire and curiosity. And it makes him like, not doesn't make him, but it invites him to, to have the desire to also deliver and come through on that. And it is a genuine dance there that we're in together. So we talked about the three, cultivate an atmosphere of respect respect, respect, respect over someone's body, someone's time, someone's energy. Like really, what does it mean when I honor you, right? The second thing is building each other up, normalize, edifying, and building each other up and love bombing each other instead of speaking sarcasm and paper cutting the relationship. The third one is normalize coming to give from a place of true desire, serving service and devotion is the ultimate love tool. Man, I'm telling you, when you move into this place where you're like, I cannot wait, I am so excited to love on you, to serve on you. And by the way, I want to say that this is a conscious decision. If you are in a relationship that you've been in a long time and you have some resentments, you have some bitterness, you have some history, it's hard sometimes to go from that to like, whoa, I'm so excited to serve you, you know, but it is a decision that says I'm going to show up for the relationship, right? This relationship is here for us, but also I'm here for the relationship and for you. And when we realize that the relationship is not just there for you to take, for you to get fed, for you to get off, for you to get, you know, some kind of connection and move on so you don't feel lonely. It's not just filler in your life or, you know, social status or whatever else, but the relationship has a purpose. You know, it has a purpose to multiply both of you. 
um, that's where the desire to serve and the desire for devotion really comes in. And it's such a beautiful thing, you know, uh, another, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little sidetrack and I'm going to come back, but another exercise I was doing this weekend was really like, I was tuning into, um, just sharing with my husband, we were talking about like a typical day. We were talking about our day since we woke up and all the things that were going on. I was like, man, babe, you know, like we are living the dream that we dreamed years ago. And we were sharing like our day today, our day two days ago, whatever it was, literally was like an ideal day that I had written in my journal years ago. I was like, oh, it'd be amazing to wake up, you know, in my beautiful home next to my love. And I'm doing work I love and we're playing and there's time for the kids and there's time for God and all of the things. And the thing is like, we can create so much on our own, right? We can do a lot on our own, but when we are in union, when we're in union, not just relationship, okay? When we're in relationship with others, we can do more. But when we move into a place of union, oneness with each other and oneness with God, with the spirit, man, we can do so much more. We really multiply and we can manifest things in our lives so much more deeply, more richly, more than we can ever imagine and much quicker timeline because we are no longer going alone, right? And so I wanted to say that because when you realize that the purpose of a relationship, whether it's a mother-daughter, again, a parent-child relationship or an intimate marriage, you know, husband and wife coming together, a team, you know, an executive team, like when you guys realize that there is this exponential power that comes together when you merge as one, right? And you come into union where you can really begin to exponentially multiply everything that you guys are touching, initiating, engaging in, you could support each other. And it is like rocket fuel. That alone is the tipping point to move from, you know, I'm here to take from the relationship to I'm here to serve and I'm here to give from a desire because I know what the, what the purpose, what the potential of this union holds, right? If it's fed right and if we put the right seeds in, man, this thing is rocket fuel. If we don't feed it right and we come only to take from the well and we come to pour poison in and paper cut it and like take, 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 it is going to be weak. It's going to be wounded. It's going to cost. It's going to drain you. And it's, it's not going to add anything to your life, right? So I just wanted to, to double tap back on that as we are going through and we're looking at what are the relationships? What is the purpose of the relationships in our life? I think that re relationships that are in union, that are in harmony, man, they're there to provide rocket fuel for our gifts, for our visions, for our dreams, for execution, for experiencing more of life. The wrong relationship with the wrong habits, right? With the wrong behaviors will suck the life right out of you and burn everything dry. So, you know, be careful of, you, you know, when you engage in relationships, what are they there for? Are they there just to serve you? Are they there to serve something greater? And are you going just to take or are you going to put in and multiply? So serving from desire. Number four, the fourth thing to normalize in your relationship is intentional connection. Intentional connection. Intentional communication. The amount of mindless unintentional connection that takes place, mindless, unintentional communication that takes place in relationships is 
ridiculous. There, you can have all the time with someone and still walk away feeling like you didn't have five minutes with them. We've all been in that situation where we have spent an entire day with someone or maybe an entire week on vacation. And we come back and we're like, did we even hang out together? Right. We have a whole weekend with our kids, our husband, we come back and we're like, what just happened? Right. And we don't feel connected. We actually feel more disconnected even sometimes. And I'm going to raise my hand because I've been there. I've been there. And this is why I've been so relentless about normalizing connection and being intentional about the, what is the connection for? So again, intentional connection for going on a date, intentional di- Um, connection for talks about things that are coming up that we got to work through, right? Problem solving, solution, you know, solving, intentional conversation to talk about our dreams and our vision planning, intentional conversations to talk about finances and money matters, things that are coming up, intentional conversations to talk about sex, intentional connection to, you know, all of the things, talk, days to have fun and not to let everything just become a melting pot that's like running into each other, you know? And I think this is where we really miss the mark. We don't normalize curating intentional spaces for intentional communication. And so then we go on a date and it's supposed to be a fun night. And before you know it, you're talking about the kids or you're talking about the money or you're talking about this or you're talking about the fact that you never go anywhere fun. And you're talking about all the things that are going wrong. And everything began to kind of become like this melting pot of ugh. Instead of really having these tight, I call them tight pockets, right? Or containers where everything has a space. And I'm not saying there's no room for flexibility. Of course, conversations are fluid. But for me, this has been so powerful because I know that there's always more than enough time and space to address all the things that we need to do. And by the way, a lot of these things are like five minute conversations sometimes, right? And the reason why they drag on forever is that we're not intentional with them. We've not normalized being intentional. The last podcast, I said, one of the habits that kills relationship is talking about the problem over and over and over again. It's like beating a dead dog and like you're never getting anywhere. And so I want to say that if we do this right, and if we get this right, this habit that we normalize, like, hey, we can go in, it's like surgery, we can go in, there's a time, there's a space, there's an allocated, you know, um, time that we go in for that. It's very specific. It's laser focused. We both know what we're there for. We can get in, we can get out, right? Because we're both on the same mission. We're heading in the same direction. We're not distracted with a million things. And there's proactive, preemptive decision to go in and work on the thing together instead of being broadsided while you're driving to a barbecue or something. And and then all of a sudden you're taking something personally and now you're on the offensive or the defensive and you're like, what's going on? I thought I was doing a great job and now I'm a failure. And like, we turn it into this whole other thing that it's actually not even about. And before you know it, now you're arguing for an hour over something that could have been a five minute nip it in the bud. Here we go. Let's talk about this. How do we want to handle it? And we can just agree and move on. So I want to, I'm sharing some of these because these are like power packed strategies, um, power packed tools tactical things that you can do inside of your relationship. But here's the deal. You got to practice them. You got to cultivate the skill and you got to be disciplined because in those moments, when you do have intentional connection, right? If you know, like, okay, guys, this is date night. This is fun night, or this is our sex night, or this is our whatever night, right? This is our, 
our time to whatever it is, you can't start to allow it to be infiltrated with other things. There's the discipline. You've got to become fiercely protective of the space and stay intentional. And so intentional connection is one thing. And I think this is really important, especially if you are married and you've got to maintain that lover status with your partner, because there's too many of us falling into these patterns where we become like roommates or, you know, like boss and assistant, or we feel like we're working for one another, or we're kind of like really good roomies, but we're not really connecting, you know, and the roles get weird sometimes. And, um, it happens, right? It's part of life. So this intentional connection allows us to come back into those roles and to reconnect in those roles, especially if you're married, if you're in a relationship to just be lovers, right? If you're a mother-daughter relationship, you know, my kids have worked for me. I have had two of my children working for me and it's very easy sometimes for the roles to get meshed and all of a sudden I'm talking to them as if they're like my employee all the time. And sometimes we need to have that intentional connection, right? Where it's like, hey, I just want you to be my mom right now. I just, I just need to talk to my mom. I just need to talk to my daughter, my son right now. And let's have a conversation and just hang out and cuddle or just hang out and like be together in those roles. So it, it protects the sacredness of those relationships. And um, let's, let's jump on to the next one. So that's number four. Number five, this is a big one, big one. I think I'm going to do seven. Let's normalize being okay with other people's emotions. Well, first of all, we got to normalize being okay with the full range of emotions anyways. This is a huge one because I talk about this a lot as well. It's like we are not okay with other people being upset, other people being sad, other people being angry, other people grieving. We want to make everything better. We want other people to be happy. We want people to not be upset with us, right? But the reality is we're human. We are humans. We have a wide spectrum, a beautiful wide range of emotions available to us at any given moment at any given time. And I think that this is just such, this is what makes us incredibly beautiful as human beings. We, why on earth would we be, want to be like one emotion all the time, right? The fact that we have this range is, is what gives us richness. The fact that we can access this level of contrast is what allows us to enjoy and appreciate the joy when it's in our life, right? The fact that we can experience the sadness, the, the intimacy, that deep closeness of like a beautiful night of connection with your partner is also, you know, comes from the moments that you don't feel that and you feel the disconnection. So you can really appreciate, honor and respect it. And I think that this is something that we really get to go to work on inside of our relationship is normalizing the full range of emotions without becoming hostages to them, without becoming hijacked, without feeling like we have to fix them or change them, but just to be okay with feeling them, to letting them move through us maybe expressing them in an appropriate and healthy way, right? Expressing that we're upset. But really the biggie here is being okay with other people's emotions too. As a mother, I can relate to this. I can speak to this so much, like being okay with my child's emotions, right? And that they get to feel what they need to feel and I can hold them and I can be there for them, but it's not my job to take their feelings away, right? My job is to just hold them and lo love them and let them feel what they need to feel and help them move through that process. 
So I think that this is a place where we really get tripped up as couples, especially couples that I work with. It's like they get so upset if their partner is not behaving, acting, smiling, jumping up and down, as excited as they are or whatever. And something beautiful happens when we move into a place of acceptance that says, you know what? I accept that you can feel what you feel and I can feel what I feel. And guess what? We can still love each other. That's the thing. I accept that you can be happy right now and I cannot be quite as happy or as jump up as you. And we can still both be content, right? And we can show our emotions differently. We can express our emotions differently. I am, um, I am very excitable. <laughs> I'm very excitable and I get really lit up and I start jumping up and down sometimes. I'm like, babe, babe. And I get so excited. And even yesterday we were golfing and I kept asking Mark, like, are you having fun? Like, are you enjoying it? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And, you know, sometimes you can be like, yeah, but I want you to be as excited as I am, you know? And, um, but can we just become at ease? with the other person expressing how they're expressing, feeling what they're feeling. And this is a place of acceptance, loves, because when we can find this and normalize this acceptance for emotions and being okay with it, there's so much freedom. There's so much freedom that opens up here. And we really move away and we heal a lot of this hiding that happens that I talked about in the last episode that you know we can move through a lot of this having to hide our emotions or having to hide our shame or hide our guilt or hide our anger which creates a lot of resentment a lot of resentment inside of relationships comes from the fact that we have not normalized being able to express what we're feeling it being okay there being space for it right and the other way around right not being okay with our partner feeling a certain way so then we get resentful that they're not happy or they're not whatever we need them to be so I just wanted to tap into that. The next one is that I want to share is transparency. What if we normalize transparency inside of our relationship? And when I'm talking about transparency, I'm talking about like literally physically hiding the things that we're into, that we're interested in that we're doing, like what we're spending money on, what courses we're taking, the fact that we're working with a coach, the fact that we have a dream or a desire we'd love to do. Like it is wild to me, this, this behavior of hiding the things that like, I don't, you know, somehow we think we're going to get in trouble for, maybe we are, but what if we normalized transparency inside of our relationship that says, you know what? I honor you. And I think this comes back to the first one, like respecting the other person enough and respecting their decisions and respecting their choices and respecting that if he or she wants to invest money in something right now, I get to support you. I get to be your number one fan and we can have total transparency around it. And I'm bringing this up because I have worked, I have coached many clients. I have seen this way back in the day when I had the fitness studio where people would come in and they would be hiding the fact that they were actually paying for a gym membership from their partner. And they would be telling their partner, I'm going to this like $9 a month fit for less thing. And meanwhile, they were working with a trainer and they were having all of this beautiful you know, results and feeling so amazing. And yet there was a part of that, that whole journey they couldn't share with their partner, right? And I just imagine like the robbery that comes from not being able to fully share an experience like that with someone we love, the shame and all of the other walls and stuff that goes on in a relationship that really creates so much disconnection. 
and kills it over time. So I just think like, what if we normalize total transparency inside of our relationship? And I'm just sharing these things that, you know, I'm doing in my relationship. And this also is, you know, I'm going to talk about like phones and emails and stuff like that, because I don't read my husband's emails. I don't really check his phone. I don't, I don't check his phone. I don't need to do any of that. And also his phone is open on the counter where if something does pop up, like there's no hiding, right? There's no hiding. I know that I can go onto his computer. I can open any window. I can pick up his phone and make a phone call. And there's zero weirdness. There's zero resistance around that. Right. And I've been in relationships where that was a problem in the past. Right. It's like, oh, my gosh, don't touch my stuff. Don't look at that. Don't don't open my email. And again, it comes back to this. Like, what are we hiding or what are we afraid of? Do we have total transparency and openness inside of our relationship? And if we don't, I would really start to ask myself, why not? Right. What's going on here that we're hiding? Are there some unresolved wounds? Is there some unresolved shame or grief or things that need to get dealt with so that I can get to a place? How free would you be if you there was literally nothing to hide? I have all of these amazing journals that I write in all of the time. And yes, they're private. Yes, they're mine. Yes, they're my dreams. Yes, they're my conversation with God. And yet they're also sitting out all over the place, right? I feel so free to just leave my things out because I know they're respected. And also I have nothing to hide, right? It's a yes. And, and, um, it just, again, this is really operating in a relationship from a place of complete freedom and complete trust and complete respect. So the last thing I want to say here, as we wrap up is normalizing, having fun together and celebrating often. And this is so simple, but I think it just goes right over our head. But we as a society have become one that we have just normalized complexity, over cramming our schedules, taking shit way too seriously, always having to have a problem, always having to have a battle, always having to have something and a next goal, something else that we're working towards. And we have not normalized literally just having fun together and making fun a priority inside of our relationship. And I could tell you again, this is a huge, huge game changer because when you actually like begin to infuse your relationship with fun, now from the like oozing expectation, like, oh my gosh, setting all these huge expectations that this has to be amazing and we have to have all this fun, but like little pockets of fun, little pockets of play. Man, I cannot tell you, the more I play in my relationship, the more epic it gets. The more play we infuse, the more we dream together. The more we dream together, the more we accomplish together. But it really does come back to play. It comes back to, can we act, you know, can we stop taking ourselves so seriously? And can we laugh a little? Can we dance a little? Can we put some music on? Can we just goof around? And we have the plethora, we have the balance of all the things, right? But play is so foundational and is celebration, right? Really celebrating, pausing to appreciate how far we've come together, appreciating everything that's in our life. For me, that means praying together every day and just saying, God, thank you. Thank you for everything that you have bestowed in our life. Thank you for everything that you have entrusted us with. Thank you for everything we get to borrow for this season of life because everything is ultimately his. And just really having this practice and normalizing deep appreciation in our relationship 
to celebrate together, to thank God for everything that we've been entrusted with, everything that we have been given for this season, and that we have the wisdom to continue to multiply it and have fun doing it, right? That we can have fun and be of service, that we can enjoy all of life and also be moving things forward, right? We get to release these agreements with struggle. We get to release these agreements that everything has to be hard before it can get amazing. And we can just really be in this dance, um, this relationship with each other, with God, with whatever we're creating, where all things work together instead of against each other. So guys, I hope that this was helpful for you today. I hope that this resonates with you, that lands. I'm so curious, you know, what comes up for you, what else you would add to this. If you'd love to connect with me and contribute, add some more, you can connect with me on Instagram over at the Christine Jewel. Um, and I just want to thank you. If this landed for you, go ahead, share this podcast with someone. Today, I kept it light. I kept it simple. I kept it clean. And sometimes we need those light, clean, simple reminders of this tactical things that we can come back to. And um, we can start to do, we can start to do every single one of these things today, right? This isn't like a huge thing you got to figure out. It's just an action. It's just a decision. Which one of these seven things are you going to infuse into your relationship today to start to build, to start to multiply your relationship? But I guarantee if you normalize these things, your relationship is going to completely transform. And again, doesn't matter if it's your marriage, doesn't matter if it's your, you know, teams at work, doesn't matter if it's your parenting, your friendships, they will grow richer soil. They will transform. So you guys, again, if you love this podcast, I would love for you to share it with a friend, send it to somebody um, who needs to hear this message. If you haven't done so, take a minute, leave a review. It really goes a long way in helping to spread this message. And um, as always, if you'd like to connect and go deeper into this work, there's ways that you can apply to work with me. Check out our upcoming live events. All the links are in the show notes. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously in the untamed life. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.